So let's pray together, would you? Lord, we want to thank you for this morning, what we've already done, where we've already been. Lord, we thank you that too, as we move into uh, our series, our More Lord series, Lord, that, that you would continue to inspire us and grow us. And we do pray, More Lord, would you breathe life, Lord, where there is life? And would you, Lord, you create life where there isn't life? And Lord, we pray, More Lord, each of us stands uh, on some sort of continuum of faith, some sort of journey that we're on. And Lord, we pray that you would be close, that in this series that you would grow us. And indeed, Lord, as we pray more, Lord, that we would see you break through, we would see your hand. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know if you get my emails uh, during the week, but if you don't, maybe um, let me know and we'll send them to you. But, but February is a special month, February 2018, because this month, is um, 25 years since Fran and I started pastoring what was Birkenhead Harvest Church. Oh, gee, it was nothing. It was a mere quarter century. I don't think that deserves a clap, but hey, what the heck, we'll, we'll take it from you. Back in 1993, 31 years old, you can do your maths, much younger than me, 31 years old, much younger than me. Um, we, we picked up this call. It was a call to pastor this little church that I hadn't been going for very long and, and it seemed like a call of God. And, and the thing that sealed the deal for me was the sense of call that God gave me out of um, Psalm 78. Psalm 78, 70 to 72 says this, He chose David as servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And the most important thing, or the thing that's really stayed with me was the last verse, verse 72, which says, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands he led them. Now, 31 is still relatively young. Some of you will be under 31, you'll think it's quite old. But 31, as you look back 25 years later, was quite young. And um, at that time, I thought, well, this seems like a really serious call on your life to be called to pastor and, and to grow a church or something like that, whatever it is that pastors do. I, I didn't really know. Um, and so I said, you wouldn't do that glibly, would you? And so I said, I'll give it three to five years. I'm going to give it my everything three to five years, which seems ironic now, you know, 25 years later, here I still am and sort of signed up again. And again and again, it seemed over the time. And yet all of the time through that, that scripture has rung true. I, I, I sort of feel, you know, kind of sometimes, you know, I, I might do things well and I might think, do things badly or whatever. But I always feel if there's any uh, thing that I would be judged by, if you like, you know, kind of not, not in a kind of harsh way, but a, but, a, but a sort of a rule to measure myself by in terms of pastoring, it would be uh, this integrity of heart and skillful hands. You know, did, did he maintain his integrity of heart in the process? And did, did he lead them with skill, you know, grow the skill and um, develop his ability to lead? Those are the things that have always been there. So uh, obviously over 25 years, we've passed quite a lot of milestones, year milestones, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And I've never, I've, I've never announced it, never said it. It's like, no, did you know it's uh, February, you know, kind of uh, uh, 2013. It's 20 years, never mentioned it in 2013. But it just seemed like this year should be something to more declare. And so this year, over the next three weeks, I'm going to share some of the thoughts, and Fran will share some of the thoughts that we have learned and that we've grown in over the course of that 25 years with a view 
that it's all about God and moving forward rather than moving back. We aren't going to be sentimental, I don't think, or particularly nostalgic, but with the sense that God is moving us forward from here. Um, so I haven't, I haven't sort of emphasised these things over the past, and I've I tried to work that out over the last little while. I think part of it is because you work so darn hard and you're trying to achieve things. It's sort of, you know, kind of for me, it's hard to take the foot off the pedal and sort of just kind of sort of sit back. And I think some of the time, you know, sort of I've, I've wondered whether we have really achieved things. You know, over 25 years, you think of your last 25 years, there have been ups and downs. There have been times where you think like you're, you're nailing this faith thing or nailing your career or whatever it is. Um, and there are times that you don't feel like you're doing that. Pastors are no different than that. They experience those things. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, uh, fundamentally, I'm, a, I'm a, um, a, 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 a terrible introvert and very shy. And, and it's like I don't really like to be the centre of attention, which always seems a surprising thing for the job that God ended up calling me to do. But there you go, and here I am. And so over this next three weeks, we want to talk about more, Lord. You know, if you've done this much, whatever this much is, and each of you have a different view on it over the last 25 years, and some of you here for the first time this morning, you know, and maybe that sort of fills your heart with gladness that there's a pastor here who's been here 25 years, or maybe it just terrifies you to bits that anyone could be in the same place for 25 years. But as we go forward from here, wherever it is, then there is this sense of what does God have for us? What does God want from us from here? And um, as our theme for, the, for, for this year is um, uh, your kingdom come, this, this um, incredible uh, desire to move forward in the things of God and to see the things that God is wanting to do. But anyway, 1993, <laughs> I'm going to take you day by day through 1993. 1993, it wasn't a great year in terms of, um, in terms of world events. There were no sort of apocalyptic things really happened in 1993. But as I was thinking about it, um, 1993, um, just, this, the, just this week, I'm thinking, it's, we've changed a lot in the last 25 years. Back in 1993, we had an election and we re-elected our Prime Minister was Jim Bolger. And of course, last year, we, we elected for the first time Jacinda Ardern. And, you know, probably they represent as much of a difference as you can politically and, and all sorts. So you've got a, you know, you've obviously got a man and a woman. You've got an older person, a younger person. You've got a, a national and labour. You've got a rural person, an urban person. You've got a, a conservative person. You've probably got a liberal person. You know, so, so that is probably representative of all a lot of things that have changed in our country. There were three and a half million people in New Zealand in 1993 and over four and a half now. So we've grown by a million people. Many of them immigrants. Some of them even here, you know, have, have arrived in that time. The face of New Zealand has changed. Probably the most significant thing politically that happened in 1993 was a guy called Winston Peters left National Party, set up a party called New Zealand First and has been influencing our political climate ever since. And so that happened back in 1993 as well as Fran and me becoming the party pastors of Birkenhead Harvest Church as it was back then. We didn't appear on the Wikipedia I looked up, so kind of funny that. Back in 1993, we'd only won one World Cup. It was, in, it was in 1987, it was six years earlier. We, had no, we were so naive then. We didn't know the pain that was ahead of us for so long as supporters. Oh, well, we'd lost the um, semi-final in 1990, uh, 1991, you know, Dublin, Australia. You'll remember David Campese. You know, I remember it just like it's just etched in my heart. 
Uh, oh, we would go on, wouldn't we? Um, what was after 1995, the Springbok final? Oh, you South Africans, God bless you. And uh, then uh, 99, France, yes, we did a conference. I, I had to get up and preach after every one of these. <laughs> Who cares about rugby? God is great. So 1990, where, where am I? 2003, Australia semi-final intercept, Sterling Milton Locker. You'll remember that. You'll remember that, Makarita, even if, even if nobody else here does. Uh, 2007, oh my goodness sake, France quarterfinal, Wayne Barnes, Wayne Barnes forward pass. You'll remember it. No, you don't remember it. It's so long, we probably tried to. And then 2011, yes, we won. 2015, yes, we won. 2019, we won again. Surely we won again. Yeah, absolutely. But we never knew the pain that we had out ahead of us back in 1993. We just thought it was a bit of a glitch. This is David Kirk, if you haven't seen him before. 1993, Sophie Pascoe was born. If you don't know her, she's our premier Paralympian. She was born, for goodness sake, that year when I started pastoring and I was 31 and all grown up. And now she's, now she's dominating the world. Happened back in 1993. 1993, if you go to the movies, the Academy Award winner was um, Unforgiven, Clint Eastwood. You know, kind of look at that. Now, that's, that's what a real man was back in 1993. <laughs> if you were a music person, uh, the, the top, uh, the New Zealand album of the year was an album called The Mutton Birds by a band called... The Mutton Birds, Don McGlash and all of that, some of you know. And in 1993, this fresh-faced couple, Vic and Fran Francis, they became pastors of Birkenhead Harvest Church. And even fresher-faced, Lloyd Rankin, for those of you who know, who's still our national director after all of that. So the guy in the white is me, if you hadn't kind of twigged. Fran looks the same, doesn't Hasn't she done well? She looks un, unaffected. I just feel, what happened? Along the line. In those days, we had three kids, three, three boys we had. And um, so there they are. And uh, in 1994, we had our daughter, Georgia. And so our kids have grown up with us in church, and it's been one of the great pleasures. In 1994, Andre was born. 92, sorry, 1992, sorry, I even asked him. (laughs) Andre was born and he's leading worship, he's one year old, one year old when we started and he's leading worship today. Isn't it magnificent? It's just a wonderful thing to, to walk those things together. And so here we are 25 years later. In a sense, it feels like a blink of an eye and in another sense, it really does feel like a quarter of a century. A lot of things happen over, you know, what's a fair bit of life takes place during that time. And I sat down this week and I brainstormed this, uh, this series on, on, a, on a whiteboard. What are we going to say? What's important? There's a lot of experiences, a lot of ideas, lots of thoughts that have gone through. And I thought, well, what would I count as my successes during the last 25 years? And I came up with three things. And this is them. Uh, that I've stayed healthy, um, that my God has grown, and that I'm still saying yes. And so, you know, I've, I feel like over 25 years I've stayed healthy. You know, I feel like my marriage has stayed healthy. My relationship with God has stayed healthy. I've tried to stay physically healthy. And it's like, well, that doesn't seem like, you know, kind of particularly a wonderful thing. But I have seen a lot of people fall away in various ways over the time. And so I think that's a success. 
Um, I think a success is my God has grown. When I look back in 1993, my understanding of God as I look back now was, was very small compared with my understanding now. I think I was, I was quite narrow. I was quite fixed. I was quite rigid. I was quite legalistic. I think I've learned and grown in that time. And, 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 I, and I think that's important because, again, that's not that easy as I've observed people of my, you know, not people who are younger and haven't had 25 years so much, you know, to, to work through, but people of my sort of age will relate to the fact that it, that it actually is the walk of faith and, and allowing God to grow in your heart and life is something that's not just a given and it's not necessarily all that easy. And I look and, and my, my I, that's why I can say more, Lord, you know, because, because I can see that, that this God is bigger than I ever dreamed, ever thought, ever expected. And I want to follow that and pursue that, you know, kind of even though we have, you know, kind of at the 25-year mark. And then I've, uh, I think another success is that, that I've, I've retained the ability to say yes, yes to God, yes to sort of, I, I think, you know, kind of uh, exploring new territory, yes to stepping forward. I, I am a conservative person, I think, by nature, but, but somehow I think I have been able to kind of to, to look and to invite the, the sort of the ongoing, um, I don't know, opportunities that maybe God puts ahead of you. And I, then I looked at this list and I thought, well, none of them have anything to do with church, are they? None of them are about, you know, kind of we planted this church and we planted that church and then we moved from here to there and then we did this and, you know, kind of we baptised those people and then we married those people and stuff. And I thought, but that's great, isn't it? Because I've been walking this journey as you've been walking this journey. And we walk this journey together like our prophetic words today. And we have this sense that we're all in this and we're, we're going ahead. Hopefully we're going ahead and some of us are stuttering sometimes and some of us are charging sometimes, but we're walking this walk. And as we reflect back, we can see the goodness of God, which gives us the inspiration, I hope, or I think, to say more, Lord, because we want to see more of the things that God is doing. And so today, as I, as I thought about what I should highlight, and, you know, I've learned a lot over those years, and I've learned a lot about, you know, the things that I think, um, you know, sort of are important in life, and I, I guess I get to talk about them quite often because I get to speak. But the thing that I felt like God was highlighting in a more Lord, let's go forward sort of way is the importance of continuing to follow the invitation of God. And I think God is in the process and always is inviting us. When I was 19 years old, I became a Christian. So that obviously this is even, even earlier. And, and I went to this church. Um, and, and when I got to the church, within a month or two anyway, um, they had a building program. And I had $2,000 in the bank. And I gave it all away. I said, you know, kind of this, this God thing is so amazing. It's like, here, have my $2,000. And I feel deeply challenged by that because it was the invitation of God to be generous. And I've tried to be generous ever since. But there's part of me that thinks, but would I be willing to give it all away today? You know, because, I, because it, was, it would be much more than $2,000 that I would be worth now. And so the sense of the continuing invitation of God, it's not just a given. I nailed that one, so the next one will be easier, will be easier. I don't think it necessarily is. And so I want to talk into, sort of as we, as we move into the second half of this morning, for us to be a people and to be individuals who continue to follow this invitation of God. The invitation of God's a big deal, I think, in the Scriptures. And it, it would lead me to believe that God is always inviting us, always wooing us, 
He's always calling us forward. He's doing it today. And it's not, it's not tomorrow. It's not, you know, kind of maybe next Sunday if I can get my stuff together in the meantime. He's calling us forward today. He's wooing us today. He's speaking into our ear today. He's calling me right now. He's, he's inviting you right now into, into growth, into health, into life, into the next step, into, into putting right the wrongs, whatever it might be, all sorts of things he could do, even as we sit here today. And the question we have to ask is, can I hear him? And would I listen? am I listening? Can I hear him? Would I respond if he was able to speak to me? Sometimes this calling's really strong. You see it sometimes in the Bible. So Isaiah stood in, the, in this amazing temple and he, and he was aware of the fact that God was speaking. And he says this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. You know, it's pretty compelling stuff. I think it would have been pretty compelling to be a fisherman on the, on the, on the shores of, the, of Lake Galilee and this, this rabbi called Jesus comes past and he says, you know, that sort of fishing, isn't that really that worth that much? Why don't you follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? That is a compelling thing. I think if you were on a road and you were a Pharisee and you were going to Damascus and you got struck down and um, you're on the ground and Jesus appears and the voice of Jesus appears and says, Saul, Saul, um, why, do you, why are you persecuting me? I think that's a compelling reason to get up and to follow Jesus. It's obvious, it's irresistible. But mostly the invitation of God is just whispers in the air, an invitation to come. So let's, let's talk about some of the, the, the ones that you see and the, that you hear in the Bible and the Scriptures. So, so who, did, who did Jesus say to go and sin no more? Did anyone know? Not the woman at the well? Woman in adultery. Okay, so he says, go and sin no more. After this amazing thing, this amazing aspect of grace that has just been bestowed on her. And he says, go and sin no more. It's an invitation to the next step. It's an invitation to now you've received, this will be the process. What about who did Jesus say, um, I want to go to lunch at your place? So it was probably not literally, but... but Zacchaeus, thank you. Small man, up a tree. I see you. I spot you. Get down from the tree because I want to come to your, pl- to your place for lunch. The invitation of God. Who did Jesus say, roll away the stone? Roll away the stone. Right. Didn't say it to Lazarus. He, he was. <laughs> Story of Lazarus. John 11 said it to those who were gathered there. Roll away the stone because I'm going to bring the dead person out. The invitation of Jesus. You know, it's not a, you know, kind of zoom, an act of God. The stone gets rolled away. It's the invitation of somebody to roll away a stone. And then it happens. Who does he say, um, go into the whole world? Disciples. Who does he say, stay and wait with me and pray? Disciples again, maybe the three disciples, something like that, Gethsemane. And so the invitation of God is there and it's there for all of us. And we can read those in the Scriptures and they're invitations to us as well along the way. But they're also invitations for, 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 for us that are happening all of the time. And we, and we say to that more, Lord, we say, you know, kind of I, I may never have had an Isaiah you know, kind of here I am, send me. I may never have had a follow me. I may never have had a Damascus road. You may never have even had a Psalm 78, 70, 70 to 72 you know, kind of to, um, you know, to, to lead with skill and, and lead with integrity, you know, kind of like I've had. But I've only really had one of those 25 years ago. But the constant invitations, the invitations that God gives us all the time, the continuing invitation of God 
is far more likely to be when your heart stills for a moment and the noise goes out of your life and you begin to focus or when your conscience begins to prick you and you just know that you need to do this or to do that. These are the invitations of God and to that we cry, of course, more Lord. I was, um, I was walking along Akaranga Drive one day and um, those who have been in our church for a long time will know more of the story of, of being in a building and wanting to be in a building. So for the 25 years that we've been pastoring, for 22 of those years we set up basically at Northcote College. We moved after about a year into Northcote College. So 21 years or so we moved, we were in Northcote College every Sunday morning, sort of 7 o'clock, 7.30. There'd be a group there. Um, who would be setting up and, you know, kind of clearing up and all of those things. And, and we always desired to be in a building. We always wondered whether God would, would you know, kind of bless us in that way. And I remember we went to um, the AUT campus in Akaranga Drive because we were looking at their, you know, seeing whether we'd leave Northcote College and go to their auditorium. It seemed like a better auditorium or we wondered if it might be and we thought that's what we might be able to do. And uh, it, after the meeting, it was clear that it wasn't going to work out. And I'm walking pretty dejected, I suppose, back to my car. And I remember, I don't know whether this took place out loud, but in my mind, it's, it's, it's as clear as if these were, this was an out loud process. But it may well have been under my breath and under God's breath. But I, I said to God, are we always going to have to set up in Northcote College? Throughout my, you know, my whole time, however long that is. And it's just like crystal clear. And he said, well, you are always going to unless you do something about it. And it was like, oh, that's the invitation of God. And, you know, from there, and those who have been around will know, you know, kind of over the last 10, 12 years, we have fundraised, we've bought a small place, we've sold that place, you know, kind of we've made way too long a story to be able to share. It'll be, you know, kind of a chapter of the book if it was ever written of Shaw Vineyard Church. But it was from there, you know, kind of I think the biggest gift that we got was $63,000 over the time that we fundraised so that we could buy a building and all of this sort of thing. But it all started with the invitation of God and it needed, I guess, to be me because I was the one who was going to get up and say, we're going to go, we're going to fight, you know, and we're going to be in a place and all of this thing. It all started with the invitation of God releasing and unleashing some things that are, are, are potential for us to be ahead. And we sit here today, and if, if you're new in our church, you know, kind of you're in a time of blessing that's been laid by people who have been willing to come at 7.30 and 7 o'clock and give tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, it's a magnificent thing. Not only the family today that Makarita's talking about, but the family that goes behind us and beyond us and the family that is ahead of us that we're walking into and walking towards. It's a magnificent thing. And so I've become convinced over these 25 years that in big ways and small ways, God is continually inviting us forward, forward in our life of faith. And if you're here today and you feel like you've stalled, it's the invitation of God not to be stalled, but to move forward. If you don't know how to move forward, we've, we've gained some skills over the years of encouraging people towards that. I've become convinced today, or over the 25 years, that the invitation to go forward is strong, is as strong, and if not stronger, when things are going badly as when things are going well. 
And I think my observation is there is a theory that when times are tough, people get driven back to church. And I think statistically that might be right. My own observation has sort of broken my heart as a pastor because you're often with people in their time of extremity, both you know, kind of wonder extremity and, and difficult, is that, that people often lose faith during that time. And the reason they lose faith, it seems, during that time is I bought into a God who loves me and who would do all of these great things for me. And I think we've sold everybody short with that whole idea. The time that we're in our greatest time of need is the time that God is closest to walk us through those times of need. The invitation of God is there in in desperation and extremity. It's not the absence or God running away. It's an invitation of God to draw close to you. I'm convinced of that. And I look at the life of Peter, you know, on the beach, you know, sort of, and Jesus said, another invitation, do you love me? And Peter, Peter sort of who, who just days ago, has denied Jesus, and he says, do you love me? And it's the invitation of God back into relationship. And there'll be people here today who you feel, you know, there's no way that you deserve, and maybe you don't deserve. But the invitation of God is going to be to come back. Do you love me? I want to love you, and I want to love you back. I've become convinced that in many ways it's harder to hear and to obey as you get older. Things tend to get more complicated over time. You'd think it would get easy, but, but it gets harder in some ways. Um, I talked to, uh, last year, it seemed helpful for some people about this whole idea of faith going from simplistic to complicated to simple, and that God is moving us through those stages into simple. So we start simplistic, you know, kind of God just loves me and everything's wonderful until he just doesn't love me and everything's not wonderful. That's complicated. Prayers don't get answered. Something like that happens. The idea is that he would move us through that process to get to simple. And simple is magnificent. Simple is trusting. Simple is being able to rest and know and understand that God is that's where simple is. And if you're in complicated now, the good news is, and I can say it after 25 years, some things you, can, you can't say at 31 because you don't know them yet, but you can say after 25 years, if you'll stick with it, if you'll press in, if you'll listen to the invitation of God, you will discover simple. And simple doesn't sound that grand, or, you know, it's not a million-dollar word, is it? But, boy, simple is a wonderful place to be. I just know my God. And I, I am secure and content in him. How fantastic is that? Uh, Father Thomas Keating, who's a, um, a, a prominent contemplative voice in, in the church today, says this wonderful thing. He says, 10,000 distractions in prayer, for example, 10,000 distractions are 10,000 invitations back to God. We would kind of think of them as 10,000 judgments, perhaps, or something like that. You know, kind of, oh, God, I've messed up again, I've messed up again. But they're 10,000 invitations back to God to meet God again, to draw close to God. I have become convinced that discovering what the Father is doing and doing more of that is what we need to do. And all of these things are processes of the invitation of God, the continuing invitation of God. And so you don't need a call and you don't need a microphone. You don't need to sit up the front. You don't need a building. And, you know, you you don't need any of the trappings that might look like, you know, well, that person's called, but I don't feel called. All you need is to be listening and looking and following the lead. And there's not a person here from our youngest to our oldest, our, our most mature to our most immature, you know, to, to the, the newest person in this building, to those of us who have been here for the last 25 years, of whom there are a few still left, to hear that and to know that because God is inviting us forward. So I would love you, please, to stand. And I'm going to lead you in a, in a prayer.
in which we're going to invite more, Lord. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, I'm going to lead you through this process that you might say, more, Lord. But I don't really want it to be a, a more, Lord, for Shaw Vineyard Church or a more, Lord, for Vic Francis or Vic and Fran or something. I want it to be a more, Lord, for, for where I stand and where I am at today. And as we come out of that prayer, our worship team's going to come back. I'm, I'll just leave the worship team, you guys, there because I, I want you to engage with this as well. And we're just going to sing again and we're going to worship and then we'll close for the day. So God, would you come? This is for you. We say more, Lord. We say you're so much bigger than what we've seen so much bigger than who we know yet. And we lay before you, God, just our, the state of our heart right now. And, and we will easily judge it, probably too harshly, but we will easily know what the state of our heart is today. And we, we look it in the face and we just recognise that this is where we stand today. And we thank you for your continued invitation. And you might struggle to believe this for yourself, so, so don't worry about anything that goes on from here. Just work with this. There is an invitation of God for you this morning to walk towards him. And if you struggle to believe that, then that is something to wrestle with over the next little while. So Lord, we thank you for the invitation that you have for us out of love and out of out of the sense of acceptance and pleasure and, 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 um, uh, and the fact that we are yours. And Lord, we recognise that and we, and we willingly embrace, Lord God, who you are and what you are. And we say more, Lord. We say your kingdom come, Lord, in this year, in this place, in our workplaces, in our families. More, Lord. And Lord, I pray for those who are stuck and I pray for those who are, um, you know, just need to know the next step. Lord, would you, would you lead and help and direct? And we say more, Lord. Lord, I pray for dreams that are just, that are somehow, I don't know, somehow still haven't germinated. You know, that seed has gone into the ground and, and, we, and I, I sort of got this picture of people almost looking out the window every day and say, I planted that seed and it should have grown, it should have grown and it's, oh, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there. And Lord, I pray for that seed, even that which is hidden and say, more Lord, would you, would you grow it? Would you sustain it? Would you nurture it? And Lord, would you help it to flourish? in our lives and the lives of those who are around. Thank you, Jesus. So let's just be with that for a bit. And Andre, if you and your team can come up and we're going to conclude by singing, Great Are You, Lord, but I don't want you to, I don't want you to kind of lose the place that you're in. Let's allow, let's, let's believe. I don't, I don't know if you come to church and think God might speak to you, but it doesn't matter if you didn't. Let's allow God, because there is so much more than we've ever seen so far. And so let's with a, you know, kind of with a flourish in a sense, but with hearts that are, that are open to the things of God, sing again.
and worship, and I'll come and close at the end.